0: Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. I remember in my early readings of the Bible, or in my connection with the Bible, whenever I thought about the great prophets, uh, the apostles, I imagined them as being supermen, perfect, who never made mistakes, who did not suffer from the kind of problems, uh, difficulties, uh, confusions that we ourselves or I myself uh, did. But a careful study, uh, reading the Bible as a student uh, changed all of this. And the Bible's own simple affirmations, and also evidence of people's conduct, tell us that uh, the people of the Bible, even those who accomplished great things for God, were people like us. They were beset with similar weaknesses. They found, uh, encountered similar difficulties. Did not fa- they did not uh, respond to them, uh, to trials and difficulties often, in ways completely different from how we ourselves were. They are very much like us. But their experience with God, encounter with God, allow them to grow. And people who start out as weak become strong. We have in the Old Testament the example of Abraham. When he starts out, he was a believer, and yet there were areas of weakness, fear, that overcame him. But when we come to the conclusion of his life, we find that he's very strong in the faith. He has learned. What was weak has now become strong. A similar example would be Peter in the New Testament. Uh, We often unjustly and improperly do a caricature of uh, Peter, as if Peter was always uh, double-minded or saying, putting his foot in his mouth or something like that. Peter is presented a few times with... uh, a zeal, uh, but without enough insight. But those insights others also didn't have. He, he, One thing he did have is zeal. He was very committed to Christ. He, he did not know how weak he was. So this is demonstrated in connection with Christ's suffering. He had professed a lot of enthusiasm and, and commitment and loyalty to the Lord. But when the moment came... Where those needed to be demonstrated, he was chicken. He was afraid. He denied, in fact, that he knew Christ. And we know this. These are some of the well-known portions from the gospel. How he realizes what he has done and laments and weeps and mourns. And the risen Christ restores him and gives him the commission again to carry out the work of the gospel. But there were additional moments in Peter's life. Peter was not always very strong. Peter himself, in the early church, had to encounter some very powerful personalities. He's a Galilean. He began as a fisherman whom Jesus called into the apostolic ministry to fish for people through the gospel. Once Jesus died, rose again, and the message of the gospel began to be spoken publicly in Jerusalem and the region surrounding following the day of Pentecost. A lot of people came to the faith, including many who were priests, many who were scribes, many who were already learned in the ways of Jewish learning, who had standing in the community. Sometimes they brought with them a force of personality that may have been daunting to a man like Peter. And we know that this sort of thing happened. When we come to Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, we come to a third historical incident that St. Paul cites to affirm the truth of the gospel, how he stood firm with the message that he had proclaimed as the saving message of salvation and resisted any distortion of it and continued to hold to the same. And the... Third of these incidents happens in the city of Antioch, to which we have previously referred. Antioch in Syria, which was a major early center of Christianity, where the gospel went out beyond Jewish confines into non-Jewish communities. In Galatians 2.11, Paul refers to an incident when Cephas came to Antioch. We do not know exactly when this happened. The best guess is that even though Peter himself is not identified, this is probably something mentioned in the early part of the book of Acts in chapter 15. This is where the issue is presented to us that in Antioch, many new, many non-Jews came to faith and later then uh, a controversy arose. When the leaders in Jerusalem discovered this new outreach and growth in Antioch, they sent people to them, including Barnabas. And the gospel continued to go forth, and a lot of Gentiles came. And then something happened. A group of people came down from, from Jerusalem to Antioch. And they not only came out of excitement and, and fellowship, and a desire to encourage, but they also came with a message. So we read about this in Acts chapter 15. Some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. This is the very question Paul is addressing to the churches in Galatia, who also seem to have received such messengers from some place who seemed to have claimed some credentials. We were sent by so-and-so. So in Antioch, this happens. The Acts account does not say Peter came at some point, but it seems like Peter also did visit at some point. So when Cephas came to Antioch, Cephas is Peter, Paul says, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. That's a strong statement about an apostle. Peter, the apostle, at some moment in his life, was wavering in regard to his commitment to the purity of the gospel as to how the message should be understood and proclaimed. Paul stood for the truth of the gospel and even corrected Peter in his faltering in regard to the message. It is very clear in Acts that Peter himself had understood and had maintained and affirmed the gospel, but there may have been, there was a situation here when he was away, and in the midst of a lot of pressure coming on him, that he seemed to have wavered a little bit, at least not if not in, in the articulation of the message, but in some of the conduct that signified that he was in a way betraying the message. So this is what happened, verse 12. Of Galatians 2. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. So Peter came down to Antioch, and he's in happy fellowship spending time with, eating with, at the same table, with the believers there, irrespective of whether we were Jews or non-Jews. But some men, Paul says, came from James. This is probably another line of evidence that the letter to the Galatians is recorded, written before the events of Acts chapter 15, the so-called Jerusalem Council. In Acts 15, in the letter sent from Jerusalem, it is made very clear that some came from James, but they were not actually sent by James. That is, the, the people who came with the distorting message, the adding the law to the gospel mission, they claim to have come from James, the brother of the Lord, but they were not authorized by James, the brother of the Lord. So in Galatians, Paul merely mentions Their claim refers to them according to the claim as they were men from James. It becomes clearer later that they were not actually authorized by James. So until these people came, Peter was eating with the Gentiles. But when these people, those who wanted to add the law to the gospel, when they came, Peter separated himself because he was afraid of them. They they had too much of... an aura of an awe of personality and influence about them that Peter seems to have been intimidated. So when Peter then stopped eating together with believers from non-Jewish background, other Jews who until now had not had a problem joined in this hypocrisy. Not only the other Jews, Paul says even Barnabas who was his companion in the mission to the Gentiles, now joined in this. He was led astray also. Here's a moment in history. The message of the gospel is liable to be distorted, and if it succeeds here, it would have affected Christianity all over the world, where one man, who was called by Christ himself, and was given the gospel, stands solidly in his conviction and understanding for the truth, for the lasting benefit all of, us, of all of us who come into the fold of God through the eras of history. Paul stands for the true gospel. He stands true for the truth of the gospel. When I saw, he says, verse 14, that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Paul, takes the, the, Paul has the courage and takes the initiative to confront and to correct his fellow apostle. We are all subject to intimidation by various forces in society. You may have the courage of, you may have the conviction about the truth. I may have a conviction about the truth, but might lack the courage to stand for it when faced with opposition, when faced with the disapproval of people, uh, when faced with consequences uh, of estrangement, lack of approval, lack of acceptance, or other losses, etc. But the truth will always survive the truth will always triumph because ultimately god is the god of truth and all human beings will one day have to give an account to him so therefore to stand with truth is always a safer stand a better stand in matter of salvation giving up this truth would have been deadly it would have taken the life-giving message of the gospel away from people and substituted with something that is not true and kept them forever from coming to know and experience the life of God. So here one man stands his ground and affirms the truth by appealing to reason and experience and the shared knowledge of what Christ himself had told them giving encouragement. Peter is wavering. Paul is standing firm. And rather than abandon the whole thing and throw in the towel and say, oh boy, everything is lost. What did I work for? Even Peter is now giving up on this. Maybe this is not worth it. He doesn't lose heart, but he he summons courage and stands his ground and confronts his fellow apostle who was before him, an apostle of Jesus, and affirms the truth. And that, and God gives him success. God gives him success, and this is part of the account of Acts chapter 15. He affirms the truth, and we also know that uh, Peter in some way had stood his ground and told the truth before and when it comes to Acts chapter 15, when the leaders of the church meet in Jerusalem, they also conclude that the gospel should remain untainted by the addition of legal requirements. It is Jesus and nothing more. It is a work of Christ with nothing added to it. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.